0: Just before we we uh, do what we need to do during this session, um, remember I was saying there about that um, it's like that religious behaviour and outside externals mean so little, and Jesus got really angry with hypocrites, and uh, and Pope Francis really angry um, with um, with that kind of clericalism as well, uh, meaning in a way that very often the people whose hearts are pure gold. Uh, we never meet them around the place. They're never in the ranks of the religious. Um, they mightn't even want to associate with us. But uh, but they, they are the ones. I think Karl Rahner, the theologian, says they are the ones. Um, they are the true saints, the ones we don't know, because they may have given their life to a real, a real, a real altruistic cause, like looking after a um, a member of the family with learning difficulties, like our Joseph. Or, um, or for a parent, or gone away to do some really hidden but beautiful work. So anyway, this, this parish priest um, arrived in heaven, and uh, this is what he wrote. I was shocked, <coughs> confused, bewildered, as I entered heaven's door, not by the beauty of it all, nor the lights or its decor, but it was the folks in heaven, who made me splutter and gasp, the thieves, the liars, the sinners, the alcoholics, and the thrash. There stood the, the kid from seventh class, obviously written by a teacher. There stood the, no, no, it was a parish priest. There stood, the, there stood the kid from seventh class who swiped my lunch money twice. And next to him was my old neighbor, who never said anything nice. Bob, who I always thought was rotting away in hell, was sitting pretty on cloud nine looking remarkably well. (laughs) I nudged Jesus, what's the deal? I would love to hear your take. How did all these sinners get up here? God must have made a mistake. And why is everyone so quiet, so somber? Give me a clue. Hush, child, he said, they're all in shock no one thought they'd be seeing you. (laughs) (laughs) And then just another quick thing to put in there, remember I I was mentioning about the regrets that people have and um, for you, for all of us, look at our lives and try to eliminate those regrets by doing something courageous and changing pretty radically. And if people notice it, good. And if they tell you, good, to be a lot more careless about our reputation, I think um and to have less fear in our lives um, and and it's by that kind of not introspection but that kind of inner awareness inner authority inner depth and presence that that's the real that's the real you but then so as well as all these kind of um, things to say to ask yourself what in what way do you resemble god most like we see the, the, the Laudato si-, si' encyclical from Pope Francis, a lot of it is saying about we need all people and all creation because we all shine on different aspects of God's beauty. Um, um, Saint John Chrysostom said we were created to manifest God's beauty. So the whole, when I was kind of rampaging through Adam and Eve there and all, all that very damaging stuff that we have, that we, a lot of us had to believe when we were small and g- rushing to confession and we're sinners and mea culpa, mea culpa, uh, God forgive me, God forgive me. That really has done immense damage. That's why so many people, like I was saying, feel they cannot c- trust themselves into the heart of God. So, 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 instead of going through all our sins and all that stuff that we had to do for so long, and is, is you know, will we be judged and, <coughs> and, uh, um, and we won't, like we won't. Like a mother, a loving father, they you know, they, they don't pick and choose amongst their family. Um, so anyway, to be thinking like where where in your life is your beauty? what like what has your dream been? Like people like um, um the, the the theologian the Baptist theologian, um, it'll come to me. And or um, an English man, what um <laughs> is his name? Either. But but like but like th- those two anyway. And um, they were <laughs> they, they 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 spoke quite a bit about what they call the, ca- the cantus firmus. The cantus firmus. That's like if you listen to music, and um, every so often the main the main the main theme will go into variations, and then but through it all. There will be the flow. So, cantus firmus means means the, the enduring melody, the enduring melody. So, Karl Barth and Michael Mayne, he was um, um, dean of Westminster um, Abbey, and um, Karl Barth was that Baptist theologian. Um, and like they, they they took this up. What was their what was their undying um, music? They both had difficult lives. Michael Mayne, you'll have read about him, not long all that long, but he had um, cancer of his face. And uh, his wife, who sent me some letters afterwards, um, t- tended to him faithfully until he just died away. And um, Karl Barth was um, killed by the Nazis. So they both had a long time to think. And instead of going through all the wrong things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, they thought of what was their contribution to life? All through their lives, in spite of sins and changes and losses and gains, what was the enduring melody of their lives? And they both, I was thrilled to see that they both, uh, that for both of them, it was mainly looking at what is the Christian insight? What's the heart of Christianity, which is incarnation? And the heart of incarnation is that God, unbelievably, is approached and identified with everything. All our lives and all our happenings and all our friendships, they're all utterly divine and graced and blessed. There's nothing merely secular or merely as we've been spent the last session at. So, so like it's a lovely thing to do maybe during Advent again rather than Lent. Uh, Advent, like it's with its promise and its beginnings, and and the whole time we have now for the next few weeks. Look at what we've been talking about today, or what maybe put in some other thing you're reading in in a better way. Like, I just picked up um, an advert for um, this morning for um, Lawrence Freeman. And in the, adver- in, the, in the words of advertising it, it's a day he's leading uh, here, I presume, yes, on, on two weeks today. But it said um, that you know, during these weeks, we're often l- driven by materialistic values and distractions. Yet Christians dramatically transcend the dualism of divine and human, or spiritual and material. This is the meaning of these particular days. Uh, that can renew us every day, uh, putting the vision into practice. So I'm just saying that this isn't just a prayer to add to your collection of prayers. This is a whole transformation of who we are and how we are, and what we value, and how we relate, and how we decide, and how we choose, um, and how we react, and how we respond, how we do everything, how we live and move and have our being, how we eat, um, how we bless, how we heal, how we sleep, how we wake up, um, it 's that deep, a transformation, and we don 't have much time maybe, to, to really take it seriously, but one part of that would be to see in what way are we, like John Chrysostom said, do how do we manifest um, the beauty of God? This is a far cry from Adam and Eve and all that stuff. Is no relation to it, I'm afraid. Those two theologies are almost ex- almost opposite. So you'll have to do a little bit of reading of accessible uh, spirituality and theology if you want to, to get this really enfleshed into the way you look, into the way you feel, into the way you listen, into the way you talk. Um, so it to my mind, it's that. And like what we'll be looking at now is... Um, like all of what I'm saying should affect... Everything we teach in a school—and there's little sign of that. Our syllabuses are mainly collections of doctrines, how we preach, and as far as I can gather, our, our homilies aren't all that riveting. Um, um, that 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 whole beautiful vision isn't somehow—it's still highly um, based on that dreadful, um, misunderstood, flawed theology. Um, so that's why I'm saying today isn't just another day of preparing for Christmas. Uh, to my mind, it's something um, a deeply different um, for which we were made. So what we'll be looking at now is, again, um, it's about seeing. It's about going a little bit, bit deeper. Uh, when you're into it, you'll see every moment of your day another glimpse of God here another smile of god there you'll find yourself um smiling a lot at things um and i I love it now when i do that it shows i'm a bit detached from my own my own old stuff and i'm enough i'm enough given to notice and to be aware of and to see the depth of something might be a dog wagging his tail outside my window or um Mm -hmm. could be just uh, i don't know could be anything (coughs) and that's what i mean by depth uh, we begin t- we learn to begin to live as we were meant to live uh, and and anyway, so here what we're doing here is just looking at the way Pope Francis put some of these things. Some of you may have seen it before, but it's a kind of a reflection you could look at every single day. Why? Because we forget, like we won't be out of here <laughs> when we'll when we'll probably forget it all. A few of you may remember some of the things, not things I've said. Was some of the possibilities in your life between now and then. like That's one of the big darknesses in our lives, is we forget. We forget the most beautiful things. In fact, there's something in us that deals, that wants us to forget. When I say there's no Adam and Eve and there's no original sin, like I, I'm not saying that we're not sinful. I'm just saying that, that we are beloved of God, uh, and we make terrible mistakes. That's quite different to say you were fallen by nature, you were living in a fallen world. The whole thing is a big mistake because you weren't like Adam and you weren't like Eve. You listened to a serpent who could talk about an apple and so we're all in the mess we're in. All I'm trying to do is to avoid that, to show that we never lost our divine destiny and we had that from the beginning. So, um, um, okay, um. I, let me just flick through a lot here until we get settled in. There's one I want you to see. We looked at that before. Do you remember? Remember the little fella there and he's trying to, and the Pope is putting up with him, and then um, he, uh, huge crowd there, and the Pope is trying to impress them with what he's saying, With the little fella, when he saw the, the men in the big gray coats coming towards him, he caught onto the Pope's legs and wouldn't let go, and finally, when the Pope shoved those men away, the Little lad began to get a bit of confidence <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 and then another time um, the pope was, in, pope was in Naples, and some of the sisters who were enclosed were let out um, <laughs> and uh, the story goes that um, that when some when they got a, somebody got a lip reader. And that the Pope was, what the Pope was saying was, let me out of here, get me out of here. (laughs) Um, That that came out recently. And a few of us once had a little competition to know what was the Pope saying. And so, (laughs) and some of the, some of the suggestions were quite unmentionable. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But anyway, so that's like, um, that would be, like th- that would be. Um, um, I love that picture because I think Pope Francis has brought a new kind of birth into the Roman Catholic Church, and um, like I would think he's a kind of like a midwife um, to bringing, to bringing out the beauty of the Church, just as we are in a sense midwives to our friends, and in a strange sense to our enemies. Um, that that's part of what we're doing the good teaching good preaching days like today when you're talking seriously to your friend about this or that that very often a midwife is a lovely name for what we're trying to do we're trying to coax out um of somebody to coax out of them what they already are that's why the whole meaning of today and depth and um and being true to yourself and authentic and all this words we've been using all day that um, probably without, without a friend with whom you can communicate at that level, you'll never make it. Uh, because God's grace is somehow tied to the incarnation. God's, God's way of, of touching us is tied to human touch. Remember what Jesus said to St. Teresa, you know, without your hands I can't touch anybody. Without your eyes I cannot look with love at anybody. Without your mouth I cannot speak praise to anybody. Without your ears, I cannot really listen to anybody. That's the meaning of incarnation. God is dependent on us um, to bring out the salvation and to redeem people. By the way, we appreciate their beauty, and we're not envious of them, and uh, we try to be as deep as possible with them, because they say you can only be present to somebody else as as much as you are present to yourself. You can only be of use to anybody else in, in listening to them and giving them the space and the freedom to heal themselves as you're able to do that with yourself. So that incarnation is all desperately human and God is awfully human as well. So um um so the, onamkara, the 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 real the real friend in your life who doesn't isn't jealous and doesn't enter into competition with you, they're the ones usually probably your best friend, who somehow enables you to realize how beautiful you are. And Pope Francis is doing that, um, and that's why the little giving birth, the midwife, the new beginning, um, and that's God. Oh, yes, in the back of that. Uh, In fact, I just cut that out, and I'm using it as a kind of a Christmas card. Some of you might get one. And then on the back of it, I just put a little bit of the first quotation that I called about about Mary looking at this little geezer on her knee and saying, you know, you're God. You are from me. You're out of me. You are all me. Like you're completely human. Uh, You have my mouth, my nose, the freckles on my cheek. Um, You are utterly me, Mary. And you are God. Um, So like Advent, is more than Santa Claus. Okay, so let me just quickly go through this like the clappers and just to get all of these like would in retreats and um, sorry about this. Oh yeah. That God I'm giving I'm giving examples today of how not to teach, how not to give a talk. I never felt more I never felt, <laughs> I never felt more all over the place. Um, that I mean, uh, w- we, I have a website and uh, a few very diligent people wh- who send out a little weekly reflection every Monday morning, and some of you are getting them, I presume, because I probably took some names last year. But anyway, I leave this here if you just want to put down as clearly as possible, because these two members take infinite pains to get everybody's um email right because most of us think that anybody can read our email writing when we when we ourselves are the only ones who can um so try to write as clearly as possible it'll be used for um, nothing else but these weekly reflections and maybe to advertise one or two of my books but however and um and um then so they'll start coming to you, but they won't be used for anything else. Is quite safe. So I leave it here, if you remember to. Yeah, and that's what that's for there. Just to remind me to say that. We'll be there in a minute now. Oh, this is awful. (laughs) This is awful. Okay, so here we are. Just like... um, the top of it, you cannot see. It's okay. It's okay. You've got the main bit there. So uh, th- these these, are, um, you, you know them, but I just want to give you an idea of the way he insists on the, some of them are from Evangelii Gaudium, his first apostolic letter, and most of them are from Laudato, Laudato C, his encyclical. So he's just saying there again about everybody's shining with God's, um, tenderness and beauty and all people, no matter what. That includes everybody. To be is, like t- is to be uh, a, an image of God, even though we destroy it in ourselves and in others. But he also keeps um, he also keeps emphasizing that do we feel? And this is what I spend all my time at as well. Like, do we feel? God's presence, God's grace, God's redemption, God's salvation, God's unconditional. Love. Do we ever, f- how do we feel it? We know it. We sit at Mass every time uh, that we go to Mass. We hear it all the time in all the Catholic prayers. But when, if ever? And people say, no, 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 you're not meant to feel it. It's something you believe. I know, I think we're meant to feel it like we felt a lovely, brisk um, December morning, this morning, unlike like we are with people, we trust and we talk to them, and it's a delight to be with them, <coughs> even if it's just for a moment. Um, it's, so it's all incarnate. So he is saying, and you'll see later Ron, he keeps saying it, that if we don't experience it in our lives, that we only remember what we experience, not what we're told, that what changes us is our experiencing, not a lesson on what a good Catholic should believe. Um, and then we look, need to look at cities with a contemplative gaze of faith and imagination, seeing God dwelling in their homes, their, their squares. He put that in deliberately as well because normally we rave, we rave about about nature. And nature, of course, is the first Bible. Creation is called the first Bible, uh, the first incarnation. Jesus then, the final one, when God was shown to be human definitively in flesh, that's the incarnation we celebrate as well. That would be the main incarnation. But keep in mind that, uh, so we think of nature and so on, but because like Oscar Romero, his predecessor, and uh, his own, like he was terrible for a while, was Pope Francis. He really was a pain. The Jesuits got him knocked off being, being made pope the last time round. you know that, don't you? They thought he'd wreck the church because he was so authoritarian, so clerical, so black and white, so punitive. And they kind of got rid of him. He went to Bavaria for a while. He went to Ro- Germany for a while. And then, like with, Ro- with Romero, this deep conversion happened. And when that deep, you see, none of, none of us have never been deeply converted. We were born to Catholic parents, and, and that was that, the good and the bad, and so on. But when, when somebody is attracted to something strongly, and their lives are changed, like St. Paul, and they can be for good or for ill, those people I call dangerous in their compulsion and their clarity Um, when it's good it's great when it's for the light and so on so 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 he he would have a lot of his conversion around the poor and the slums and that's why he's saying the cities too um, reveal God Um, and the streets and the squares they too are sacraments of God's presence and then on he goes whenever we encounter another person in love we learn something new about God opening up spiritual horizons, taking us beyond our limited spiritual constructs, which m- might be some bit of the catechism we learned uh, when we were 12 years of age and never got in touch with anything since. Just carried on believing the same thing. People like whom their own lives and their family lives and their professional lives will have changed beyond recognition. Yet they stay stuck in Adam and Eve and sin and going to confession, and they will fight for that <laughs> um, forever. So. So just try to get like a, just a, 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 a whole kind of, get the landscape, the horizon um, uh, of, of, all of, of where, where he's coming from when he says that everybody we meet is revealing some to us of God. Maybe it's a bit like the last question we had, uh, um, but the last thing I was just saying. But what in us has a kind of a shining that will remind people a little bit of God, maybe our authenticity, uh, maybe our humor? um maybe the way we can overlook things but from everything if we look at everything for long enough or rather if our hearts are ready it happens immediately to be able to because it's the only way we'll ever understand god is to understand each other that's the god of the christians there is no other way and then somebody had me r- ranting away at this kind of thing and they sent me um, a picture that's by it's rembrandt no less and he was trying to portray that that, that everybody is divine, and uh, that everybody we meet really is an expression of God. And there he put the resurrected Christ in the form of the gardener that Mary Magdalene was talking to, and they, and it's a very thin disguise. But they put a gardener's hat on top of him and a shovel in his hand, and uh, just to show like that that all of us are Jesus all of us are christ incarnate um even though we even though we are ourselves that we're only truly ourselves when when we believe that it's god's love and there in christ who is giving us our energy and our lives um more truly human up to now every pope would have said be, to be more truly holy this man says to be more truly human he would he doesn't mention it explicitly but he would be talking out of a theology of of uh, of 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 nature and grace, a theology of, um, of humanity, a theology of creation, all of these beautiful theologies. He would be talking out of that, but he doesn't uh, mention such. We must be incarnate, fleshy with a face, learning to find Jesus in the faces of others in their voices, capable of seeing the sacred grandeur of God in every human being. That's down there at the bottom in case you can see it in red, capable of seeing the sacred grandeur of God in every human being. That's depth. That's the, what I'm told. That's revelation. That's incarnation, when we can see somehow God a new shape, new face. That's what the mystics would say about every baby born. Here's this little baby. Look at him, 10 fingers, uh, 10 toes, the spitting image of God. God isn't ready to give up on us yet. At every. And imagine we still have this kind of thing that you're not properly the full shilling until you're uh, baptized. That we really don't believe belong to God really until we're baptized. Like, where on earth do we get that idea? We do. We know it, like, and, and maybe some of us still believe it. But it's birth. It's by being the magic of a man and a woman. And the way a baby is born and the baby is born, that's, that's the sacrament of God's presence. That child is full of divinity. They go to church to be baptized, to belong to the Christian way towards God. So there's 100 a a hundred readjustments, if you like. There are more than readjustments they're a whole rewriting. I think we have to, for the whole, and, and we have to do it on our own. It'll be a long time before the mainstream talks like this and believes this and sees the sacraments like we're talking. But in the meantime, we have time to do it ourselves, to, for us to, to, to create God, to get the image of God we believe in. All was supported by scripture. All supported by good theologians and so on. But I think we have to do it. We're not going to be told anymore. It'll still continue with the old fighting at the top and the cardinals fighting. It's unbelievable what's happening in Rome, I think, uh, and very little of which of you, spiritually and humanly, to the rest of us. Oh, th- sorry, all of, th- all of this is Pope Francis. Yeah. And most of it is from his encyclical. Or lo- rather, the little EG you can't see there. It's either from his first letter, which is Evangelii Gaudium, the joy of the gospel, or the very recent one that the whole world is talking about, about, about saving the earth and climate change. That's called Laudato Si'. Praise the Lord. That's his encyclical. Thanks. All of these are his own words um all the people of the earth are god's people not just uh, uh, roman roman catholics yeah. and here he is just saying down that that, that that like this isn't a huge vision that people today are are getting like, this is in all of us this holy imagination um it's an old word it's called the catholic imagination what i'm saying but a little imagination, I'm afraid, in the way, we, you know, the doctrine of today. Um, and, um, and that even like in the Miraculous Medal and the scapulars, if you remember those things, and making the Stations of the Cross and going to the local um, place like Lourdes or Knock in Ireland or, uh, Saint the Rosary or having holy water or the Sacred Hearts picture in the house. He says all of these two are obviously touched with this lovely domestic understanding of a God who is a friend and lives, especially in the family. The family is the church, in fact. Many would say the family is more the church than the church building on a Sunday morning is. When you listen to women theologians, it just makes you really, you have to go deep. Women theologians, married uh, mothers, wives, when they talk, about incarnation in their lives. And that's why I can't wait for the day when women will be ordained and be able to talk about these things with the richness of their compassion and their whole creativity and their imagination and their capacity to co-create with God. That's when I think huge blessings will c- happen to the church and we wouldn't fall into half the traps that, the, that us um, compulsory celibate old men are making day after day. It just needs the balance that God that God has, has created between women and men so so she was saying that the fa- that the ma- the, f- the home the family the home does not go to mass on sunday because it is already the domestic church like the popes have said but families of course have to go and celebrate eucharist because that's where love is purified where this, that's where we're given the light to see how we are fooling ourselves, justifying ourselves and not really thinking of the wider family, etc, etc. That's what I mentioned there. Uh, it is the mother bringing up her children. What is holiness?" He was asked. The father working to provide food. like, how basic? How basic can you get? Like God, the same man would say that God is being. You know, that's about the, that's, and then he he was saying this to an atheist, trying to get the atheist and himself to agree on something about God. The atheist said he had no more time for God. And Pope Francis kept asking him questions like, what did he love? What did he believe in? And so on. And they agreed that God actually was the basic being of all things, the source of all lives, whatever is behind evolution, which is a huge issue and is changing our spirituality and theology a lot. That God is the very whatever you know is driving the, 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 the fuse of greenness through the winter into the spring. God is whatever keeps the world turning. God is the being of all of us. Uh, and it's a beautiful and a safe name. If you believe in that, and you could be an atheist or an agnostic, if you believe in that, then you believe in God. Only we're changing the word and the letters utterly. G-O-D is a very inadequate is a very inadequate name for God. I Remember talking in Dublin um, some time ago and two people suddenly got up and left. And I suspected it wasn't to go to the toilet or anything. So I asked the person afterwards, why did they leave? Well, she said they told me, You mentioned God. And their idea of God is father, men. You know, they just couldn't take it. I think I understand a bit, a little bit. Um, and there's another famous one. Incarnation means that each person has been taken up into the very heart of God. Everyone, everyone, especially the person you hate most, <laughs> he or she above all, uh, is taken up into the heart of God. And if you want to ask yourself, sometimes you might uh, at a retreat or at a day like today, say, you know, how much, I wonder how much do I love God? The answer is simple. You love God as much as you love your biggest enemy. You love God as much as you love the person you can't stand. You love God as much as the one you struggle most to forgive. But I mean like it isn't it doesn't mean you agree with his policies or anything like that. It just means he is a human being. Like like he's just fighting his bit there, he might be all wrong, but if if, if it was ever left to us to decide who God loves and who doesn't do We're all finished. <laughs> you know, we really are. I mean, <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. There, the second half of that is, I've only one dogmatic certainty. God is in the life of everyone. God is in the life or God. Is the life our God is expressed? And i would be saying a small word here, but it's key if you want to pursue this kind of thinking. You say God is the love. God comes to us in human love. God is human love god is between us within us and god is expressed as us it is it is as because sometimes we think like we must get out of the way and let god shine no god can only shine through us just think of a think of a of a of a, of a stained glass window say that when they end at night, or now, like it looks a bit drab, it's just but when the morning sun hits it, the window becomes alive with color and almost movement. So the light doesn't take anything from the window, it only shows it at its best. The same I'm saying about God's love and God's grace, God is expressing the world as us. That's why this, that's why I'm saying the more human we are, the more divine we are. The more transparent we are, the more God shines through us and as us, the more authentic and honest and integrated we are. That's the whole point of all the things we're saying um, about being sacraments of God for each other. And like a retreat, we spend most of the time saying, what are these things? I mentioned fear. Fear blocks us. Resentment, not forgiving, judging, they all block us. like Pope Francis says, if, if any of these things are in our mind, forget about the year of mercy. Forget about trying to be merciful to people, because they'll see through the phoniness of you like that. About reverence, <coughs> reverence for life, let me just finish quickly. Um, and that like all of this, isn't just knowing a bit more, it's about our living impulse, a passion which encourages, motivates, nourishes, and gives meaning to ourselves and to the people we're involved in. That's what we speak about, like, falling in love and all of that. It isn't just um, saying the creed and uh, ticking off those boxes I mentioned. It's just something that you have a real desire to spread, but you spread it by being it. It's your body and your eyes and your senses. It's the sacrament of this. If you want to call it falling in love with God, then why not? Um, and then... This is quoted an awful lot. Uh, Thomas Aquinas wrote it first, and the Pope mentions it several times, that like each creature possesses its own particular goodness and perfection, each of the various creatures will in its own way reflect in its own way a ray of God's infinite wisdom and goodness. And like, you know, when uh, David Attenborough's talking about species dying out, um, and they're dying out at a dreadfully swift rate because of the pollution of the earth. Then that way of seeing God is gone forever. New species are, do come obviously. Uh. Then another one, that's quite, uh, that's almost unbelievable if you like, and you can tussle away with it. Um, that's what, like a visit to the crib, isn't just for the kids to be. It's for you is for you to ask yourself really big, deep, imaginative thoughts about how oh, this little baby, the significance of that crib, or of any poem about Christmas. The world is a sacrament of communion, that's the first thing. The world itself is a sacrament of God's love. The world itself is the body, is the divine body of God. People call it Gaia, a goddess, like, the, 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 like it's a living being. That makes all the mutilation of that body all the more terrible. And the first people to, rem, to, to suffer from it are not the rich, but the poor. And like Pope Francis goes on to say, he doesn't talk all that much about sin, but he said to be, to be, to be iffy, to be, to be uh, passé about this, he says, that is a sin he uses that word. That's a sin, he says, not to care about this place we're living in and the destruction we are colluding with every time we buy something in the supermarket, every time we vote for some guy or person we don't know anything about. We are colluding all the time with these companies. We're buying stuff that we know is produced by child labor. So he's he's widening the whole thing from personal sins of weakness and all that kind of thing. He's talking about establishment sin religious sin, society sin, and we are part of it. And he says, wake up. You are, you are colluding with this destruction of the earth. So that's why he talks about examination of consciousness, um, where we spoke before about examination of conscience. So and then he says, it's our humble conviction that the divine and the natural meet in the slightest detail in the, in the garment of God's creation in the least speck of dust on our planet. Like, what a, I mean, how, I mean, how can you put it any clearer? That's the end of the line down the middle that I was talking about. But the line down the middle is rampant in Roman Catholic doctrine today. How can we see it in the eyes of Francis, in the eyes of all our poets and our mystics, um, that everything is one now? There aren't two anymore because the divine has become the human in the human body. That's why that little opening quotation of the atheist, Jean Paul Sartre, is so interesting, at least interesting. I think it's quite astonishing. And then goes on again, um, you know, the beauty of um, to the tiniest from panoramic vistas, what they saw when they from their capsules going around the earth. And heading for Mars and for um, wonderful places, from panoramic vistas to the tiniest living form, nature is a wonderful and continuing revelation of the divine. Thomas Aquinas, as I said, called it the first Bible. And it goes on. You can go on and on um, beyond the language of mathematics. Um, Saint Francis took us to the heart of what it is to be human, just as happens when we fall in love. So falling in love could be seen as the heart of God. Not just a merely human love, but God's love is different. We have this tainted human love because we're tainted from the fall, but go away from that into be compulsory celibate and go away into the desert and then you're of God alone. That's an utter misapprehension of the meaning of incarnation. It means the opposite. That whenever we experience love of any kind, that is an experience of God's own self. Uh, the poets talk about the sheen of God's beauty, Heaney, that light shimmering below the surface of everything. Um, like the, the future of theology, I'm sure, will be poetic. Like rough old words can't get across the love story that creation is. In Corinthians, it says, you are God's poetry, written not with ink, but with the love called the Holy Spirit, not on tablets of stone, but across the pages of your heart. And here he's using a ninth century Muslim poet First time any encyclical ever used anything but catechisms and previous encyclicals. He's drawing from Fellini, General Manley Hopkins, writers and musicians. Mozart is matchless, he says, because he knows that everything beautiful is of God. doesn't have to be baptized. Um, so here you have um, Ali Kawaz, the subtle mystery in each of the movements and sounds of this world. When the wind blows, the trees sway, something like out of Mary Poppins. The winds blow, the trees sway, water flows, flies buzz, doors creak, or in the sound of strings or flutes, the sighs of the sick. There you have. I have lovely quotations here as well from uh, women theologians and mystics about what grace is, what depth is, um, what that whole ground of our being is, and what God is. The same thing. It's like discovering a whole new and beautiful love story. And Saint John of the Cross, who really was a bit of a misogynist, I suppose, in a way, he wrote—he wrote like a man on fire, in in a very erotic kind of way, about that 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 falling in love um, with nature and with God—and he says sometimes he can't tell the difference. So.